Today's episode of Man to Man is brought to you by Game Time. Okay, folks, time for a little pop quiz. Do you think Seahawks tickets are cheaper three weeks or three hours before the game? You can find the answer with Game Time, the ticket buying app that proves patience is more than just a virtue. It can save you some serious cash. Game Time is the leader in last minute tickets. Pick your deal, see the view from where you are sitting, and buy in two taps. More than 12 million fans have downloaded the Game Time app and have discovered the fastest, easiest way to get into the game. So download Game Time in the App Store or Google Play. Work that clock to your advantage and score last-minute tickets. What is up, everybody? It's a brand new episode of Seahawks Man to Man. This is your boy Christopher Kidd, Michael Sean Dugar, holding it down in Cleveland. Mike, man, what is up? Uh, man, long, long day, long day. Flew into Cleveland this morning, flying out. By the time everybody will hear this in the morning, I'm already back home. 24-hour trip. I put it this way, Chris. You want to know how how short my trip in Cleveland was? By the time I landed, I was in my lift. I had just got in. She said, "How long are you staying?" I said. I just got a notification. I can already check into my return flight. <laughs> like it was that soon. So yeah, quick quick turnaround. But like I told Quentin Jefferson after the game, when you guys win, it's definitely worth it. It's good for business. Keep on winning. He said we're gonna try. Oh no, that was Lano Hill. Excuse me, not Quentin. Uh, I was Lano Hill. I was like, hey bro, you guys gotta keep winning. It's good for business. He said, all right, six and one next week. I said, all right, bet. <laughs> so, yeah, feeling good. That went well. But yes, brand new episode of Seahawks Man to Man. If you're listening, the Seahawks did indeed handle business on the road. 32-20 over the Cleveland Browns. I mean, we can talk about social media real quick. Mike, where can they follow you at? Oh, yeah. Follow me at Mike Dugar. That is M-I-K-E-D-U-G-A-R. I got the blue check, so you already know how that goes. And if you want, you can follow me on Twitter as well. I am CKID206, and that is C-K-I-D-D-206. Again, the Seahawks with a... Huge win on the road, but things weren't always starting off as it appeared to be a win. They were down 20-6 to at one point in this game, but the Seahawks figured it out. They dug deep. I'm sure Russ was preaching to the team. I'm not sure of that 100%. I'm not 100% sure on that, but knowing his personality, he's a guy that believes no matter what the score is, that the Seahawks can definitely win, and today they did that. Mike, man, what are some things that you noticed from this win today in Cleveland? Um, well, Bobby actually spoke to the team uh, after they got down 20-6. to six. Uh, They got down 20-6 to six right at the start of the f- second quarter. I think the first play of the second quarter, they gave up a touchdown to Seals Jones, the, the tight end. Yes. And, I, and according to Bobby and then some other guys on the team, Bobby just basically said, hey, man, stay calm, do your job. You know, everything will be fine. Take it a play at a time. You know, just be you. Don't try to do too much. Just, just do you, do your job, and play like you know you can play. It's a real simple message, but it's one of those things that the the person saying it, you know, mattered a lot more than the message itself. Because Bobby has been there and done that, right? Like the position they're in. Oh, we're down twenty to six. Cool, man. That's just two possessions if you think about it. You score two touchdowns, you win. So, I mean, obviously, another team doesn't score. So, yeah, Bobby got up there. Uh, yeah. So right after they got down, and was like, Yo, man. This is what the situation is. Let's do it. Very Russ-like, but from someone like Bobby on defense, it's just like, yeah, I've been there. I've done that. I've come back in these situations. I know what it looks like. He didn't say all that, 
but you know it's implied when someone of that magnitude with that C on his chest says it. So I think that that kind of turns it around. So shout out to B Wags who wore the Morehouse College uh, hoodie today. Uh, he gets the double shout out. But yeah, it was actually speaking of preaching, it was Bobby today who spoke up. And that's what you want to see from your captains, whether it's Russ or Bobby Wagner, someone step stepping up and saying, "Hey, let's get it together." We're still in this. There's plenty of football left, 30 minutes at the time, especially just being down 20 to 6, going into half, down 20 to 12. The Seahawks definitely got rolling, and when they get rolling, they're very hard to stop, <laughs> as you can see, especially with Russell Wilson playing the way he, he is playing. I mean, he did – he put on another great performance, and he did it on the road, and he makes it look very easy, and he is very efficient. And when you have Chris Carson running downhill – it just opens up things for the rest of the offense, as we saw. Yeah, man, I don't think there's anyone playing better football in the NFL uh, than Russell Wilson. I mean, maybe somebody on defense is playing really, really well out of their mind. I know Miles Garrett has, what, like nine sacks in yes. six games. I mean, that is <laughs> that's really impressive. I don't know. He's on pace for like a crazy year at that point. We're like probably on pace for like, what, 20 sacks or something. Uh, so, I mean, Miles is playing really well. Uh, I mean, maybe there's a corner or two out there playing really well, but Russ is playing it at the best position, at the hardest position. The the dude is, I I know Patrick Mahomes is putting up some good numbers. Actually, Deshaun Watson has been putting up uh, some good numbers as well. The Saints defense as a collective is playing well. I know the Niners defense as a collective is playing well, but what Russ does maximizing his opportunities. And he's just so efficient, man. I think he's still at 72%. Uh, he had 23 of 33 today for 295, two touchdowns. He ran for 31 yards uh, in a touchdown. And that's I think that includes two kneel downs uh, that he took. So really it was more like seven for uh, 29 and a touch. Like the, the dude can ball, man. I really think at this point, with 14 touchdowns, I think he has 17 yeah. yep. uh, total with no turnovers. I don't, I don't think the aborted snap in the Pittsburgh game officially goes to him. I'm not sure, uh, but either way, that's not really a Russ uh, turnover. You know, that doesn't speak to him being careless with the ball or anything. The throws he's making today, he was a little off in the wind. It was super windy today. Um, I think that has something to do with special teams as well for from both kickers, uh, but. My goodness, they're really Chris. Am I tripping? There's no, is there anybody who's playing as good, good a football as Russell Wilson is right now? No, I wouldn't. I I think Russell Wilson is playing his best football, and I think Pete mentioned this maybe three weeks ago. Russ is on another level right now, and he is continuing to do it. He has again. You mentioned 14 touchdowns, no interceptions, and it doesn't. It appears as if he won't throw an interception all year. And I mean, he won't throw one, meaning it will not be his fault. Maybe a drop pass by an offensive player could be an interception, but Russ throwing it to another team looks like that will not happen. Through six games, he has looked as perfect as they come. I mean, he did lose a fumble. He, he didn't lose a fumble. He did. They did force a fumble today, but Jermaine Fetty was able to recover it. That would have been his only knock. I mean, Russ is playing at an all-pro level <laughs> right now. The guy, I don't know how he does it. But he did. He's doing it again, and it's going to be fun to see what he does next week and going on as the season progresses. Because he's the MVP right now. I mean, you can name defensive guys, but if you're watching the Seahawks at all, you realize just how talented Russell Wilson is. I mean, you take Russell off this team, I 
don't know what the Seahawks look like right now. They might be one in five, <laughs> to be completely honest. Well, here's the other thing. Like when Pete said that, uh, Pete was mentioning Russell's playing his best football, which yes, he is. But I, like then we can start taking it to the rest of the league because when Russell's had some really good years in the past, other dudes have always been like, oh, okay, Russ is good, but you know, Peyton Manning. Russ is good, but Aaron Rodgers. Or Russ is good, but Matt Ryan. Russ is good, but Cam Newton. Russ is good, but Tom Brady, and all that was justified too. Even last year, Russ was really good. Patrick, then there's Patrick Mahomes. Right there was clearly in there as Drew Brees as well. So like there was clearly a, a, a difference. Right now, you can't really say that. Other, other guys are playing well. I mean, uh, Patrick's still playing well. Like I said, Deshaun's playing playing well. Uh, I know Lamar has been you know up and down, but for the most part, been been really solid. All of a sudden, Kirk Cousins has figured out how to throw again. That's uh, miraculous, but. The way Russell's protecting the ball, and still, I've mentioned this before, Chris. He's not dinking and dunking either. He's letting it fly. Yes. Bro, <laughs> I didn't. I didn't hear his post game today. I missed it because he takes too long. Dude takes like three showers before he comes out, and I, I got stories to write, so I went upstairs. But apparently, he confirmed that he caught like four or five plays by himself today. Yes, uh, because the, the, the headset, headset yep. wasn't working yes. between him and Shoddy, and they didn't want to. I guess didn't want to burn the timeout. Uh, so Russ is just like, yeah, I guess I'll just do Shoddy's job. Well, first off, I'll finish by saying this. That's really impressive by Russ because he ended up scoring a touchdown on that drive. However, with as like, how do I want to say this? As carefree as Pete Carroll usually is with timeouts, if you're ever going to use one, you would think it would be in that scenario where, hey, man, the quarterback can't hear the plays. <laughs> like that's that's kind of a moment where you should be like, "Hey, man, we should stop the clock." They didn't, and it didn't work out. But like, that's that's the weird part. But then the second part is, Russ really is just like, "Yeah, man, shoddy who? I'll do it myself, and we'll go score a touchdown." Like it's unbelievable, man. That dude's playing MVP level football. And I should know. I wrote in the summer that the number one person needed to make a big jump this year for them to, like, be a top team and beat the Rams and everything. Who the Rams? Ew. Uh, but I wrote that the number one person was Russ. He needed to take it to an MVP level, and what do you know? He's he's doing that, man. It's it's not just that he's playing his best football. He's playing the best football in, in the whole league, and that's that's a kind of a rare error. He's never really been there before. He definitely read your piece, and he's taken that as a challenge, and he is going to thank you when the season over. I guarantee it, Mike. Uh, maybe he's, we slapped hands today. He was so hyped. He was shaking everybody's hand. He was like, he was like, good game. I'm like, yeah, we'll reach my hand out. Yeah, good game, I guess. I don't know. I didn't do anything. Uh, but you know, it's, it's, it's whatever. He's got big hands for a dude who's only like a few inches taller than me. Uh, but yeah, if he, if he does, if he, if it comes out in his MVP speech and he's like, yeah, you know, I read, I had to take it to the next level. He needs a name drop me too. Like, no, don't just say he will. Or he will the media or something. I need a name drop. Get he them subscriptions up. He will say, yeah, I read Mike Dugar's piece about the Seahawks they need to step up to knock off the Rams, and I saw that I was number one. I took that as a personal challenge, and I want to come out and prove to everyone that I can be that number one guy. And so far, this is where it's got us. Playoff run, here we go. Go Hawks. And then he's going to walk off the podium, and then Mike's going to be like, yo, kid called that back in October after defeating after the Seahawks beat the Browns on the road. <laughs> Oh, you, you, you know what, too? While we're still on the topic of the offense, I'm going to get to the defense, too, and, and their turnovers and all that stuff. But this is another episode where we got to give a shout-out to some coaches. i got to give a shout-out to Mike Solari, the offensive line coach, and Brian Schottenheimer, the offensive coordinator, because I thought the game plan was good. I mean, obviously, we just talked about Russ improvising for a little bit. Uh, but 
obviously they knew they didn't have their best offensive lineman, right? Yes. Lamb Brown. They, probably, they didn't have who was probably their second best uh, offensive lineman, perhaps, in uh, DJ Fluker. Uh, so they had Jamarco Jones, who has never started a game at guard, like ever, in his life, probably. And then you have uh, George Fenn, who hasn't started a game at left tackle, the most important offensive lineman position. He hasn't started a game there since 2016. And when he did back then, he wasn't even that good at it. And so I thought the game plan against a guy like Miles Garrett, who still got his, you know, because he's going to get his. The great players do, you know. Even Odell got his, right? Like, And, you know, Chubb got his, and they still lost. Uh, but I thought that the plan was really good. It was a lot of play action early on. They were getting the ball out of Russell's hands pretty quick. There were uh, a lot of boots to move the pocket around. Uh, a lot of deep drops that Russ could see. And then Russ was then being smart and scrambling early. Like when it wasn't there, scramble, boom, touchdown. Like I thought Russ, I thought the combination of Solari making it easy on his guys and coaching them up to be ready, shoddy, getting the ball out, designing stuff so that Russ wasn't just sitting there trying to pick them apart because that was never going to work. And then Solari having his guys coached up to still be able to run block really well. Chris Carson had a career day. Like that's not even something we really even lead with right we forget right. chris carson had 24 carries a career high 124 yards and a touchdown i think he averaged like five yards a carry today like even chris was on on fire and then obviously a lot of that is the run blocking and i thought early on i remember writing in my notes like oh wow shoddy's doing a, a really good job he's getting the ball to, to everybody i thought the designs uh were really good i thought one of those like play fakes if it was like a, a fake toss to chris carson and then a quick like uh hit to dk metcalf that was beautiful stride. Yeah. Yeah, like stuff like that. I was like, okay, Shotty's in his bag today. Uh, good for him. And I got, I got to show some love because I would definitely kill those guys if Jamarco and, and George were just getting ran over, uh, you know. And if if the play call looked awful and they just had Russ just sitting back there, knowing they had backup offensive linemen. And no, I thought both of those guys did a really good job. I think Shotty's called a few good games in a, in a row now. Like Shotty's kind of in a groove too, and you can see why those dudes make the big bucks. Yeah, man, that yeah that that one play that you just broke down where he fake pitches it out that was beautifully ran, executed well. DK with a great catch. And speaking of DK, I think he had a great game today. Four catches, sixty nine yards on five targets. He stepped up big, and I figured he would have a a really big day today. I thought he'd have more than sixty nine yards, but that's not bad for a rookie because of all the injuries with the Browns, with their cornerbacks starting cornerbacks being out. But I think he came in and played really well. It's good to see David Moore back out there. Tyler Lockett did his usual five catches, 75 yards on five targets. Every time he was throwing the ball, he made a play. Jerron Brown, Mr. Reliable, three catches but two touchdowns. He always does it. I mean, the time he's targeted is when he's in the end zone. That's that's all I have to say. <laughs> yeah, no, all he does is catch, is catch touchdowns. I mean, I, uh, somebody in the press box had asked after the – uh, the overthrow that Russ had to him in the goal line. They were like, what is Russ doing throwing to Jerron Brown, like mocking the play? And then Jerron goes to catch two touchdowns later in that game. It's like, yeah, man, Jerron had just as many touchdown receptions as Doug Baldwin last year. Not to say that Jerron is as good as Doug, but it's just like, if you throw him the ball, he's probably going to catch it. Like, I think he has a drop this year, and he obviously fumbled, I, I think, against the Saints. Uh, or I can't remember who he fumbled against, but... Yeah, I mean, it's not been perfect. He's been absent in games. It's like he was absent in games last year. But last year, what happened? Throwing the ball, he catches touchdown. Boom. And they, do, they, do a, they do a cool dance after. Oh, yeah. that was. I didn't even know what it was until the tweets came in and everyone said it was in sync. I thought that was pretty interesting. But to say the least, you did bring up the pass protection, which was I thought was out, pretty outstanding today. Jamarco Jones, 
penalty-free game today for his first NFL start. You know how hard that is? <laughs> uh. Yeah, man. No, I, I'm telling you, Solari did a job. He's, he's coaching these guys up. Like when people ask me about the O line, the first thing I do is like, look, they got Cable out of there. That was the main thing. They got the dude who was teaching them all the bad things. They got him out, and now they're doing good things. Like the pass protection still has a ways to go. I thought uh, Luke Wilson and uh, Joey Hunt struggled a little bit. Uh, I think both of their sacks, they both gave up sacks to Miles Garrett. Uh, you know, but I mean that's Miles Garrett. It happens. I think George gave up one on a blitz. Like, there's, there's definitely room to, to get better. They weren't just, like, Pro Bowl, you know, caliber all today. But, you know, Russ was relatively clean today. So, you know, and he was efficient. So that's what matters. Yeah, shout out. Definitely got to give shout-outs on offense to Russ, Solari, and Shotty. Well, that's, that's, the, that's, the, that's, the, uh, that's the wave today. Well, while the pass rush wasn't there, I do want to give a shout-out to Trey Flowers and Shaquille Griffin. I thought Shaquille... Man, he is playing lights out this season. He basically was hovering over Jarvis Landry, who had three catches for 36 yards. And his play on the ball in the end zone that led to T2, Mike's boy, game-changing interception. Griffin's been playing really well in his third season, and I think that's one of the best parts to this Seahawks 5-1 and start. And then I did mention Trey Flowers, who finally ended the 16-game streak without an interception from the Seahawks quarter- cornerbacks. That was pretty big. So shout out to Trey. Well, I don't know, man. Hey, look, I'm gonna say this, and I don't. I'm, I know the gravity of what I'm about to say, but I'm not joking. Nor do I think it's exaggeration or hyperbole. This was an lob type performance today. Yes, and we have a podcast. I think it was about three weeks ago where we, you literally said the Seahawks need to have guys that can step up in big moments and make big plays, and we saw that four times today. The first time was on that play where Shaquille Griffin gets his hand in there, tips the ball up. Who's there? T2, interception. Big play, big moment, momentum play. I guess you can throw in the block punt. You also have another interception. That was that Trey Flowers one. Right place, right time, big moment. Then you have a forced fumble by none other than Ziggy Ansah, a guy who's had injuries, in Detroit for as long as he's been playing in the NFL. Comes to Seattle, and he's making plays, causes the fumble, and recovers it. These are the big plays where you just mentioned they were making Legion of Boom type plays where guys stepping up, making huge plays in big moments. If T2 doesn't get this interception, touchdown. If- yeah, that's the, other, that's the other thing, too. Like when, when Shaq, I was like, man, Shaq just tipped up the ball. To a to a, one of their safeties in the end zone, I'm like, yeah, man, that looks familiar. <laughs> you know what I mean? That doesn't mean instantly, like, okay, like Shaq is Sherm and you know T2 is Earl. No, 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 no. Oh, we're gonna have fun next week with their old Thomas revenge game. However, <laughs> like those are the clutch, the clutch plays. What KJ did is clutch. Obviously, that's not new. KJ's been a clutch dude. Yeah, that's uh, but, yep. you know Sherman. Those guys just always say tips and overthrows, tips and overthrows. That's what it is. Turnovers are, are really random. That's why they come in bunches, and that's why teams go long stretches without them. They are just random. They are right place, right time, and part being opportunistic. Today, they were opportunistic. Dudes on the Browns couldn't catch it. <laughs> like, I really think – how many of those picks were on Baker today? I don't think the final one was. I think dude just dropped it. I think he tried to force one in there that was tipped by Shaquille. So I think the only one that was on was the one he forced to Shaquille – not to Shaquille, to Jarvis Landry that was 
tipped and picked off. That was the only one that I would say is on Baker Mayfield. Ba- excuse me, Baker Mayfield, because he had three today. The one with KJ, that's the one you mentioned where it was tipped. And what was the other one, Mike? It was, uh, Trey Flowers had one. I couldn't tell if that was like a pick play gone it, wrong. Yes. And the receivers did the wrong thing. Yes, pick play gone wrong. Baker, I guess in his mind, you he knows you're running this route. If receivers don't run said route and you throw the ball, who do you blame, Mike? That's what it comes down to. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, Baker wasn't great, you know. I actually thought he was okay. I think he was decent. Even Pete Carroll said, yeah, you know, Baker played played well. But when you make those type of plays, especially on the road, this team's undefeated on the road, Chris. Undefeated on the road. Now, that's against three quarterbacks who aren't playing that well, Kyler, Mason Rudolph, uh, and, and Baker Mayfield. Uh, but part of the reason they aren't playing well is because of the numbers that, the you know, the Seahawks are putting up against them. You look at the, the big plays they're making on defense against all of those guys. You know, Bradley picking off Mason. Delano picking off Mason for that uh, two-point conversion. Jadavian picking off Kyler Murray for the for the house call. Uh, you know, KJ, Trey, and T2 picking off Baker at eight. That's LOB type stuff. I don't think – I'm not saying they they got a bunch of all pros on defense. But when you need to be clutch and, you know, combine luck with talent, that's what they're doing. I like it. I, f- I feel good about the, the defense. You know, we showed some love to T2 after the Rams – the Rams game, you know, show some love to, to Shaq, you know, because, you know, that's that's my guy, too. I made, made fun of him today. I, like, I was I walked in the locker room and said, Shaq, man, when are you going to get a pick? Because <laughs> 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 basically Shaq, only one who don't got one now, man. I was like, Shaq, what's up, bro? You don't got no pick. You leader. Get you a pick, bro. Uh, but overall, like those those dudes are real real deal, man. I mean, now they still don't have a, a win over uh, a team with a winning record. But, I mean, they got five wins, and that's a hell of a lot more than some of these other teams out there. Yes. It really is, and again, I hope everyone's listening to the words you said. You didn't say this is the new Legion of Boom. You're saying they're making plays as the Legion of Boom did, and that's all you're. That's all you're saying. Making sure everyone understands that, and you don't get a bunch of messages saying, "Are you crazy?" Because some people might take it the wrong way, Mike. I mean, that's that's fine. I mean, if it, like I said, I know the gravity of my words. I know if I say this was an LOB type performance. You know, I, I know what that means. Right? I saw those guys. Like I, I get it. This, this was the one of those type of type of games. One of those. All right, we're gonna make some magic happen, and it's gonna take some big time plays by some big time players. And they, yeah, they made it happen. It's not like the Browns are, are a bad team, but they don't have just a bunch of bad players. It's not the Dolphins, right? Like Miles Garrett is a stud. Jarvis can ball. You see Odell today. That dude is insane. Like he still has it. Uh, some of those passes Baker made today, like he still got it. Uh, Nick Chubb is a monster. Are you kidding me? Like they, they have talent. It wasn't like they just beat up on some scrubs. You know what I mean? They beat a bad team, but they didn't beat a bunch of bad players. If that makes sense. No, I hear you. And speaking of Odell, Zach Jack, Zach Jackson of the Athletic, on our exclusive episode with the Athletic, we talked to him previewing the game, and I asked him over or under for a hundred yards for OBJ. OBJ had six catches for 100 yard, 101 yards, <laughs> and he said he's way under. He said 67. I said, wow, all right. So OBJ has found a, found a rhythm. He did a lot of quick things that I saw today. I mean, the first pass he caught was a eight-yard out, which I figured would be in the system just to get him going because he is an explosive guy, and we saw that. We saw a little bit of it today. Oh, yeah. Odell's still one. You see that catch against Kedrick? Jesus yeah. Christ. Yeah, that... Odell, Odell is still the – the real deal, man. And look how look how Shaq and Trey held up against those two, man. Exactly. Like, and that's I'm just telling you, got to give these guys some. And then that, that's Michael Kendricks too. That's that's T two. That's B Mac. You know, that those guys they, they played really 
They play really sound. Like, Odell's going to get his, Chubb's going to get his, Miles Garrett's going to get his. Can you still make enough plays on your end to win the game? That's like, that's it. Justin Britt tells me every week, bro. He says, man, winning in the NFL is hard. I'm happy every week when we do it. <laughs> and you know, because you just got to find a way to do it. It don't matter how you get it done. Yeah, and the big takeaway for me is that the Seahawks really – they dug deep, and I mentioned it earlier in the podcast, but the fact that they were to come back on the road, that's not easy to do. And they did it today, and that was cool to see. But you know what else is cool to see? All the Twitter questions we get. Appreciate the love and support. You ready, Mike? Oh, yeah. You know, this is my favorite part of the show, man. Well, let's jump right into it. we got quite a few. We will start with JRB at JRBatman23. What's up, man? I want to know what you thought of Fant after this after the first viewing. Also, prayers up for Will Disley. Um, I don't know if the Will Disley part's a question. No, he's just saying. I was just you just throwing that in there statement. Yeah, man, I do feel bad for Will, man. I seen I seen dude leaving the the locker room on crutches and a walking boot, and I was I wanted to get that man a hug. I didn't because that would have been weird, but because I don't even think Will knows my first name. However, I did feel bad for him uh, about George. Uh, I think uh, by the time this comes out, Aaron Fentress, our uh, other guy who covers the Seahawks, he should have a whole breakdown of the O-line coming out uh, Monday morning, I believe. That goes a lot uh, more in-depth into what he saw today. I think he's uh, looked at some of the film uh, as well. I thought George was good enough. You know, because that's the thing. When you're a backup, you just kind of got to not be a liability. You know, that's kind of what... At every spot, to be honest, like Teddy Bridgewater, right? They're just acting, hey, man, our defense is nasty. Just don't go out there and mess it up. That's it. Uh, Kyle Allen uh, over in Carolina, is they're kind of asking him to go win, which he's he's able to do. But he's also not being the reason they lose, right? I think they're 4-0 with him. Uh, Gardner Minshew, they're asking him, like, hey, man, you actually have to go win. And you see that? It's not really working out. They lost against that. Yeah, they lost to... Uh, New Orleans, whether you're just the backup running back or safety or whatever, like you just need to be just good enough, good enough today or good enough for a couple weeks. And I thought George, I thought George was solid. I thought the run blocking was solid. Uh, this is all again on first glance. I think he was responsible for one sack. I think there was a blitz uh, in the first half. I think on his side that that gets him. But I thought both tackles handled themselves uh, pretty well. You look at the pass protection. On Jawan Brown's uh, second touchdown, it is Miles Garrett getting his butt dropped by Jermaine Effetti, who just puts up a wall. Like, I, I, I think they were solid. They were good enough. George was good enough. Jamarco was, was good enough. Is that enough to be like, all right, cool, they don't need Dwayne Brown? God, no. Heavens, no. Hell, no. Whatever place you want to mention, no. No, 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 no. Does that mean George is going to take Jermaine's spot? No, 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 it does not. It does mean that if one of those guys goes down, they can like hold it together. And when you're a backup, you just got to hold it together. There it is. Next up, we have Thomas Beeson at Lil Taco 21. Two-part question. First, on a scale from 1 to Pac-12, how bad were the refs? Part two, how worried should we be with the complete well, actually, not complete. With the bad pass rush going forward, especially in potential high leverage playoff games. Um. Okay, so the first part about the refs. The refs were bad, <laughs> and here's the thing: they were Pac-12 because they were bad for both sides. <laughs> I don't like the 
Seahawks were the, like were on the bad end of some calls. I think Cleveland was on the bad end of more calls. The Jarvis Landry blindside block was atrocious. Um, Jarvis actually did score on that touchdown uh, that that got on the fourth down that got turned back. Uh, the roughing the passer on Jadavian was bad. Then the then the uh, horse collar on Russell was bad. Uh, let's see. Yeah, there was just there was a, there was a few that were just some some really bad calls. I didn't I didn't think the refs were consistent. And when you when you got the officials there, that's what I'm looking for consistent. You're gonna miss stuff. You're a human, but if like you're calling one thing one way and you're just like, okay, what the, what the hell was that? Like you don't know what you're doing. Like do you guys even know the rules? Is this your first game? <laughs> they were really they were like peak pack twelve today. It was it was really really bad for both sides though. I mean Cleveland got the worst end of it, but it wasn't like either team can say the refs cost us the game you know yeah uh as for the second part pass rush okay the pass rush is bad chris like i i i was trying to hold on and benefited the doubt this for as long as i could and pete carroll keeps trying to get us to do so saying it's going to take some time you know for jadavian and ziggy to get a feel for our scheme and you know they missed the preseason it's going to take some time for those guys to gel look man it's a month and a half in (laughs) i ain't no pass rush expert Chris, I don't know if you consider yourself a pass rush expert. Just route running. <laughs> I, I don't know how much damn scheming you need to do to beat the dude in front of you and go get the quarterback. I don't care about how the Seahawks use their hands. I don't care about uh, the stunts and twists or whatever. At some point, as talented as Jadavion is and as Ziggy is, and hell, even Quinn Jefferson, it, if you can't just one time beat the do it in front of you. At least get a pressure. A I, quarterback hit. There wasn't no quarterback hits today. I'll give you. you know? I'll give you this little gem. The reason why the Seahawks have been struggling these last past two weeks is because of the run game. And what I mean by that is when they get down defensive stance, they're more so assuming, and they probably shouldn't assume these things. I don't want to. Say, maybe I shouldn't say assuming. They're more so looking for a run from Nick Chubb or last week. Todd Gurley, who touched the ball quite a bit last Thursday. Against a passing team, I would expect them to be a lot better, but when they're going against a balanced offense, the Browns and even the Rams that ran the ball a lot more than they usually do, the Seahawks now are dropping back a little bit, expecting the run, and if they're dropping the pass, they're already delayed in that getting in, getting toward, getting after the quarterback, if that makes sense. Because Clowney basically explained that, hey, we were expecting a lot more runs, so when we get down there and they are passing the ball, oh, shoot, well now we got a pass rush. And in situations, they have to either go in for the full pass rush or they're expecting their run. I think that's I think they're still trying to figure out the scheme, and I think that's the point that when Coach is saying they're still figuring out schemes, I think that is part of it, if that makes sense. It, it does to an extent, but it's not like the, the Browns are, like, super balanced, right? Like, I think they called— Not super, but I feel you on it. Okay. They called, what, 40, 40 dropbacks, I think, uh, at least. Baker threw 37 times and took off a few times, so that was at least 40. Uh, Chubb ran it 20 times. That's you half, know, yeah. like, they were passing. And it's not even like he was uh, passing on, like, downs or you could have expected either one. You know, there was a bunch of, like, third and sevens. Or, you know, it's fourth and—they went for a fourth and seven. Yeah, you that know, was like, you got get get some pass rush on on fourth and seven. Like there was definitely obvious passing downs where I was looking to see, okay, cool. What are the Seahawks gonna do? What kind of pressure are they gonna bring? Like I'm looking at some some third and nines that they had. You know, I, I get what the you know Pete's trying to say, what Jadavian's trying to convey as well. But again, not once. 
Chris, when last time they got a sack? They beat up on Kyler Murray and his bad O-line. Okay. They couldn't get to Teddy Bridgewater. They couldn't get to Jared Goff. Couldn't get to Baker Mayfield. Okay, what's going on here? I'm gonna go like back this- I'm gonna go back and watch film and look at it just because I think part of it was them was the Browns getting the ball off quick. I mean, we saw that on the first few plays of the game. They were quick passes. I'm talking hike, one thousand, two balls out. And in that situation, you're not going to get no pressures. I'm not saying they did it all game because, yes, Baker did run around a little bit and they didn't get a hold of him. I'm going to definitely go back and look at that, and I can definitely hit you with some ideas once I figure that out because that, that's a good point as well. No, Yeah, and there's there's definitely the quick game, you know, factors in. Tate Bridgewater had a lot of uh, quick quick stuff as well, but today it didn't, they got the ball to Baker's hands quick. They did. They did. But there were definitely some times where he sat back there, yes, and nothing happened. There was yes. he was he scrambled some few, a few times and made some plays happen on the on the move. Like I just I just didn't see it. They were sending blitzes, you know. They sent Bobby Wagner a couple of times, Michael Kendricks. They, come on, man! There's, I can't make excuses for them for this many games, man. They have they basically beat up on two battle lines. They basically beat up on the Bengals battle line. They beat up on the Cardinals battle line, and then since then. It's just been a bunch of just inconsistent to non-existent, you know, pass rush. They're not even getting quarterback hits. Like, that means you're not even getting that close. So, I'm not – I don't know. Ziggy got close once today, uh, I think, off the edge when uh, Baker was passing from out of the end zone. I thought it was going to be a sack, but he missed on that. But, uh, yeah, man, they just got to gotta make it happen. Pressures, I, I need to see. Like, sacks come. Pressures are what can be more consistent from game to game to game. The sacks, you know, those are a little bit more circumstantial. But, yeah, I'm worried, man. And Jay Reed coming back is not just going to magically fix it either. That's true. All right, this next, these next questions, I'm going to combine them together because, A, they're about special teams, and, B, they kind of talk about Dixon a little bit. Both of them, here they go. We have Nick Skellington at NKDD96. And the other question is from David Crockett at D Crockett 17. They want to know what's going on with Michael Dixon and should we be worried about special teams? Um, well, I mean, first off, never kick. Uh, oh secondly, God. never Ugh. kick. Thirdly, kick do not. Uh, <laughs> fourthly, uh, kick never. Uh, damn, how do you say never kick in Spanish? Okay, get to your know. answer, man. I'm not here for all I'm this. Just, <laughs> I don't think there's nothing really wrong with Michael Dixon. I think uh, he, he's regressed a little bit, but that's what happens when you when you make all pro as a rookie. Like your career is just it's only going to get worse <laughs> from there. That's just how that how that's going to work. Uh, the second thing is there's expectations now. Like last year was like a pleasant surprise that he you know the things he was doing. Like, oh, we got this rookie punter. He's Australian. He's he's like Harry Potter, but a punter with the wizardry with the kicks which is is all still there uh it's it's you know the numbers don't necessarily line up but there's a difference between how you're perceived when you have expectations right like i think Shaq was a victim of that last year as well like he had a solid rookie year so everyone expected this you know he had a standard for a sophomore year, like okay you need to look a certain way and when he didn't it made it look even worse because he had the expectations on him michael i think is is a victim of that as well or his numbers are are kind of the same he had a really bad punt today. It was also, like I said, really windy uh, today. You know, he kicked in Denver for his first ever game last year. I'm sure that uh, helped a little bit. I mean, he he pinned him in, at the eight yard line. I think today he had some good boots, but overall, I think the, the perception I think you know factors in a lot. I think a lot of the questions that we get on this show have a lot to do with like 
things that are being perceived and then you like you think it and then someone else tweets it and then another person retweets it okay then well now it's a thing right then you ask us about it. but i don't think like michael dixon's like broken or anything that shank today was god awful chris i think you could get farther than that oh yeah i've had <laughs> i've had good other, other than days. that though i thought he was i thought i think michael is is going to be fine just like when chris was fumbling i didn't think oh they should bench chris Carson. nah man he's he's he, he'll be fine even if he's not fine right now all right next up genesis rift at zach yojin if it consistently takes wilson an a plus game to win games by five or less are you guys confident in the rest of the team performing when he has a B minus game? If not, is that a coaching or personnel problem? Um, that's a good question. I mean, I'm not very confident, no. Uh, but thankfully, I think Russ is just going to keep doing this. And also, we would need to then define what like a B minus game looks like. Does it involve turnovers, or is he just not as like efficient? Uh, does he not throw any touchdowns? Uh, we have to see what the B-minus game would look like. If the B-minus game involves turnovers, then no. I'm not confident at all. Got once it. Russ starts being wildly inefficient, once he starts costing them games, like uh, the pick sixes he had last year uh, and the turnovers, if he starts doing that, then, yeah, nah, this whole thing just goes down the drain. Uh, so I'm not super confident, but I am at the same time confident in Russ. If, yeah, if that makes it. Like, I'm still confident in them being able to run the ball. I'm still confident in them being able to stop the run uh, for, for the most part. I mean, for a while in that game today, I mean, I think Nick Chubb had the 52-yarder, and he didn't even crack 100 yards until, like, his second-to-last run. Like, it took him a while to even get 48 more yards. You know, and they were giving him the ball. So I'm not too concerned with certain elements of the game. Uh, but if Russ starts turning it over, and that's what a B-minus game looks like, oh, yeah, then that's true. There's right. no way around that. All right. Next up, we got Sean Kramer at S. Kramer writes, What up, Sean? He wants to know, DK Metcalf seems to be settling into a better set role on offense. Do you think they are just figuring out how to best utilize his skill set to mitigate his weaknesses and benefit from his strengths? Uh, Kramer's my dog, uh, by the way. Uh, but I will say this. DK, the, the plan for him has always been the same, I think. They stick him on one side of the field, ask him to do oh so many things, and then Russ just trusts him. That's the thing. Russ has always trusted him. He's been throwing him these uh, these jump balls in the in the goal line. He's throwing quick slants. He's throwing him deep balls. I mean, today with not really the game on the line necessarily, but in need of like to put the game away, threw it to DK. You know, and that wasn't even like a really simple pass either. Like it was an out. That like if the, if a uh, maybe a vet DB might have jumped that or uh, you know and he made the sideline catch and I think he caught it uh, I don't think the Browns could review it but I think he caught it so uh, I think it's not necessarily that they're doing anything special he's not really seeing a huge like uptick in, in, in targets over the last few games nor is he seeing really an uptick in his his numbers I think he only had like a few catches for like sixty something yards today but this is you know he's just being really consistent and being good with you know the targets that he does have. And I think that's just really what's most important. Cause you don't want to hit that rookie wall. If he hits the rookie wall, that's bad. Right. Especially with Will Disley gone. As long as he's like, okay, cool. You get your three or four catches each week. And one of them's probably a big play. Uh, then, then they're straight. You know, I think DK had a really good game. I don't think it's anything special. I think Shadi's like, all right, here's what you're good at. Just do that. And you know what? That's kind of brilliant. Low key. There it is. Next up, we have Simon T.S., What's the situation with T2? Had a pick and seemingly got pulled. 
Oh, yeah, okay. So about the safety thing. Uh, I missed Pete Carroll's presser. I think you guys are probably used to me saying that. I don't think I've made any of Pete Carroll's pressers <laughs> uh, after any of the games this year. I'm sorry. I'm 0 for 6. <laughs> I, I, I'm not on a, a, a good start to the year. The problem is the, the locker room is just so much more valuable. You know, they put Pete Carroll's stuff online, and we talk to him twice the next day, essentially, so I don't prioritize it after games. Sorry. But uh, what I did gather from talking to some people is that basically – Lano Hill and Marquise Blair have been playing really well in practice. Lano Hill played really well in the two games he had to start. And Pete's like, look, I'm going to find a way to get you on the field because you deserve it. So basically, he's turned the, the safety spots into an open competition, which that's dangerous. I'm not really sure that's a sustainable, like, kind of rotational model. You know, safeties aren't defensive linemen, right? Like, the communication back there needs to be on point. At all times, one miscommunication is an 80 yard touchdown. So I don't really like the strategy, uh, but that's kind of what's going on. I don't think it's based on, I know some people thought this during the game. I don't think it's like, oh, T2 missed his tackle. Uh, so we're going to take him out and put Lano in. Or he, he did this. So now, okay, Lano stinks. Now he's going to put Marquise in. I think it's already the plan going in, and Pete just kind of feels it out. Maybe he leaves that to Ken Norton. Uh, but basically, yeah, they got this little carousel going. The job's up for grabs. But really, at this point, I think T2 is the best free safety right now. What do you think? I'm right there with you, man. I couldn't agree more. But maybe Pete, as you just said, he's he's seeing things in practice that he really enjoys, and he wants to give everybody a shot. Next up, we got Jonathan Lule at Mr. John Chimpo. Since they seem to be more likely to roll with him over making a big trade, when will Ed Dixon return? I don't know if this is such thing as a big trade for a tight end. Uh, well, uh, never mind. They got Jimmy Graham. That was a big trade. Uh, <laughs> but other than, you know, acquiring uh, Jimmy Graham, I don't think they're going to make a trade. And Dixon is eligible to come back after eight games. So he can be back week nine. I believe that is, uh, Chris, you know who their ninth game. I don't know. Uh, but whenever that is, Ed's eligible to practice and and. And come back. So, no rush. I think that tight end, what they're going to do is probably put Will Disley on IR. That opens up a spot for Jaron Reed. That actually solves the problem that they had there. Uh, keep Jacob Hollister and Luke Wilson at tight end. And then, if George Fant, or excuse me, if Dwayne Brown's arms are good, then they'll probably just move George back to kind of that swing tackle tight end. Boom. Problem solved. Uh, and RIP Will Disley. Actually, November, not November, November 3rd, week 9, they will be against the Tampa Bay Bucks at home. That's when you might see Ed Dixon return, play some football. Who knows? Next yep, up, yep. we have Always Jason at Always Jason YT. Why do the Hawks give the ball to ProSize in short yardage situations? Man, we got to get off my guy ProSize, man. He put the ball on the ground, big no-no. Big, big no-no. Inexcusable. Inexcusable. However, they give him the ball because he's good. He's a good player. He only got the ball three times, man. <laughs> I mean, including the two-point conversion they went for, but CJ's a good player, man. It's just like two weeks ago he had a touchdown run against Arizona. He's a good player. That's why he gets the ball. He just can't put it on the ground. You put the ball on the ground, you're useless to the team. So he, you can't be doing that. But that is why he gets the ball in short yardage. I mean, his running back, they all get the ball in short yardage. Uh, you know, I'm giving him a carry on third and 13, that's just soft. So, you know, I like, I like trusting CJ. He betrayed the tree, you know, abused their trust. Can't do that. But I think CJ's a good player. I think he deserves to get, you know, four or five carries a game. You know, that's, he's earned that. Got it. 
Next question is from A. Goober at Arabella. I want to say Zucci, Z-U-C-C-H-E-1. Do you think Coach Pete and the boys underestimated the Browns heading into the game? Thanks, guys. Love the podcast and enjoy listening to it from Sydney, Australia. We appreciate the love, Arabella. Thank you. No, I don't think they underestimated those. Those guys had too much talent, like I said before. Maybe they would underestimate somebody like the Dolphins or maybe the Redskins or the Washington football team. Good catch. Yeah, no, I'm getting better at it. Thank you. Uh, Maybe they would underestimate those teams, but uh, no. Not, not, Not a team with the number one overall pick just a year ago and Odell Beckham. No, man. Like, Nick Chubb, they know Nick Chubb ain't no scrub. Like, they know that. They know Miles Garrett ain't no scrub. They didn't underestimate. Sometimes teams just play better than you for a little bit. That's all. That's all. I don't think overestimating, no. Not not this team. No, no, no. All right. Our last questioner. Last questioner. Our last question is from Ryan Turner, longtime listener, longtime supporter. Thanks for the love. He asks, starts off with, the combo of Ansa and Clowney were supposed to add some much-needed pass rush to this team they have gotten next to nothing from them as far as qb pressure are they not the players we expect them to be or are they not getting the job done keep killing it appreciate the love ryan i just don't think they're getting the job done Pete keeps saying it's gonna take time man i'm getting impatient time is now (laughs) time is time is now man if they get the pass rush going too this is the best team in football well that's not false that's actually accurate no, for real. Like that—that's basically what they're missing. Is the they get the pass rush going? Best team of football right now. I think the best team of football is probably New Orleans, and then uh, probably San Francisco, and then I'd go New England, and then after that, it's just you know a bunch of fart noises uh, for for the most part. But yeah, that's all they're missing. I don't think Clowney and Ziggy are overrated. Look at Ziggy; they both made plays, right? Ziggy had a forced fumble today. Uh, you know, Jadavion has a pick six. They can make plays. They're still really talented. The, the sacks and the pressures aren't just... I don't know what it is. Unless they just got to beat the dude in front of them. That's what football is for the most part. It's a dude in front of you. Do things better than him. And those guys really aren't doing it uh, on a consistent basis. Well, we do something on a consistent basis when we talk to the fans, our listeners. We do. We give a hot take. Mike, what you got for me this evening before we get out of here? You got a hot take, man? Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. I think that you're gonna get you're gonna get a pro bowler out of the Seahawks secondary. Ooh, any names? No. <laughs> that's hot enough, man. The fact that they're getting a pro bowler out of the secondary, that's hot. Okay. I'm with it, man. That's a good hot take. That's that's the best I got. The best I got right now. Perfect. Is there anything else you wanna add before you start typing? Uh, nope, 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 nope. I'm just gonna, oh man, I should have got some caffeine. But, nope, I'm just gonna stay up, do do my grind. I appreciate the love from everybody, man. Uh, we all, we, we try to, like, coordinate this and make sure we, we carve out some time to, to do it and make it right after every game and definitely during the week. Uh, so we really, really, really appreciate the love, appreciate the questions, appreciate the comments, uh, the tweets, whatever, email, text, however you, you know, show some love. We always appreciate it. Continue to do so. It really, it really means uh, a lot. So thank you. You said it all, Mike. This has been another episode of Seahawks Man to Man. We will come back to you guys later this week. 